Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia, and today I could not be more excited uh, to have this great person on. Uh, she has been uh, someone who has helped me out from the great uh, region of the Northeast for Honda Challenge and is somebody that I consistently still bug. And moving forward, um, many of you will be able to bug this person because they are now going to be branching off on their own podcast. And, you know, I I have to say how, how proud I am to see... Uh, Jackie moved from not wanting to be on podcasts and now finally coming out and being comfortable in her own skin. And, uh, I mean, it's obvious who it is. It's Jackie Andrews. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jackie, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm keeping the dream alive recording in my 1994 Honda Civic. Nice. And I'm recording uh, from not inside of my car. And uh, yeah, um, for those that um, have been keeping up, I have now finished swapping the seat. And by the way, I'm sure you will agree, swapping seats in a race car is the worst uh, torture out there. Um, I, I feel like it's borderline inhumane. <laughs> <laughs> It is pretty bad. I've gotten good at it, but this car is very roomy now, so that helps a lot. Yeah, you have the NASCAR bars, which help a lot. Um, I yeah. don't, so that's a little tighter, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely, and I have my driver door pinned, so it's oh. never on the car, which helps a ton. Yeah, I have to have mine like sticking halfway out of the garage and just hope that my neighbor isn't uh, coming in while I'm like swearing up a, a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Take the door off. Oh, I love having no door. Oh, I, I need to do that. I, I think you were talking about like the door kit that you bought that you could um, kind of like, I think you were saying that if you swap the pins. You could um, do it without a, a kit? I thought I could, and then I looked at it, and uh, I'm not sure. Because the factory um, hinge, mm -hmm. everything is the opposite direction mm -hmm. of what you would need. Like, I know S2000 people that have done it with a stock hinge, and I okay. look at their hinge, and it's backwards. Um, um, yeah, but they make this, I think it's PLM or something. They're all okay. kind of the same... You know, they come from China, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's nice, you know, getting in and out of the trailer and working in the garage. My garage is small, so it's nice to not have the door on. Yes, uh, small gar uh, small garage gang here um, checking in for that one. And yeah, it, it, it can be a, a struggle at times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I'm doing a fire system currently, so. I know. It's I wild. <laughs> I love the setup uh, there that you put it on the shifter. I feel like that's a really good spot. Um, I don't know if I ever showed you where I have mine mounted because mine is like right on the dash, um, right next to um, what is it? Um, the window. So that one doubles as my outside one because it's easily uh, reachable from the outside. So I killed the uh, two birds with one stone. Okay. My dash is super floppy, which yeah. is why I didn't put the pull on the dash. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to do the external one in the cowl by the hood once mm. I do the windshield and everything. Do you still have that like hard plastic, um, like the uh, gray material on the dash? Or is it still the... Um, yes. This one is blue. Okay. If you look at it in the sun, but... Yeah, it's regular, you know, old 90s. Okay. Classic. Yeah, because yeah, you... I don't have, like, the brace in the center. Uh-huh. Like, where the center kind of radio and stuff would go. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a brace that goes to the floor that I don't have, so. Oh. Um, yeah. 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 I, I could have gotten it because I pulled this out of a complete car, but I didn't need it at the time, so. Yeah. Okay. So obviously you're you're getting uh, prepped uh, for the um, se season to start for the Northeast. You guys get a, a little bit of a later start than us because you have real seasons. But um, 
besides the uh, fire suppression suit or not the suit uh, the fire suppression system what else are you changing up for the event um not too much really this winter was just kind of cleaning the carp and making it not look so crappy (laughs) um so i painted some stuff in the engine bay i got a new tubular bumper beam i saw that the bumper on yeah to save some weight um spoiler alert i'm gonna run a different class this year (gasps) but i'm not really gonna change the car at all oh okay so Uh, what class are you running a bunch of us are going to run ST4 because oh. our cars just land in ST4. Uh-huh. Um, and we don't have enough Honda Challenge 1 cars um. to, like, have any contingency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if everybody came, we would have four. Oh. Which, you know, I don't mind. Um, but, like, it's tough right now. Everything's expensive. and Tires. Um, like, three of the four of us are on 17s and those tires are really expensive. So if you're not getting some contingency, it kind of sucks. Yeah. I, I, I can constantly hear uh con talking about uh tire problems, especially with that ACE gen car that he's running. Yeah. 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 The, and it's not so much just his car. The 17s for sure wear a lot quicker than they used to. I think all of the tires, but I've noticed it a lot um, on the 17s on some of my customer cars. Um, huh. yeah, and then like some BMW people that don't want to run GTS anymore oh. are going to come to SD4. Some other people are just SD4 cars. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian is running his 350Z in SD4, oh, like because they don't have any spec 350Z cars, so it's gonna be fun. You know, I can race again. Nice, I haven't raced anyone in a very long time. Nice. So that's really what I'm looking forward to. I'm not like really trying to win. I'm trying to race people. Trying to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. Now, championships. That's a different story. Champs, <laughs> I'm going to be back in H1 and I would like to win. Who knows what's going to happen? Do you think we'll have a good uh, H1 contingent going out to uh, nationals? Three of us are going. Mm. Um, uh, maybe four, so maybe all of the Northeast H1 cars are going. Mm. Excuse me. I'm not sure what the Southeast contingent is doing. Yeah. Cause... Atlantic, because there's a car in the Mid-Atlantic that could possibly kill all of us. <laughs> are, are we talking about a, a, a certain uh, silver uh, shiny sedan that we both lust over nope. in terms of... Uh... Nope. No? Oh. Nope. Nope, this this one's blue and yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah, then then I blue and yellow, and it's a it's a Civic. Oh, then I do not know about it. Is it a tenth gen or what? What Civic is this? <laughs> Kevin Helms from Honda Works. Shout oh, out Kevin. Oh yeah, uh, there we go. Two Type Rs. I know one of them is for sure done. I think he was building two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ran at VIR for the last event mm-hmm. and it looked pretty quick from the lap times I saw. So uh yeah if he brings us to championships. Yeah, that that would be a very could be, competitive could be a toughie. Yeah, could be a very competitive vehicle. So um I know I am I'm bearing the lead a little bit, but you are starting your own podcast, and um, why, why don't you tell the listeners uh, what the name of the podcast is and what the goal is going to be? I am starting my own podcast, so the name of said podcast, Jackie's Corner, um, it may be um, Jackie's Corner, I'm not sure. But it's going to stay something along those lines. And it's kind of a point where it's, it's my own little corner of the podcasting world. Mm-hmm. And the purpose is to answer everyone's questions. So a lot of people have a similar question in different spaces uh, to the point where I would 
like go on a different podcast story. The Blind Apex podcast was the last one. And that one did really well. And Khan said he talked to, I think, you or mm-hmm. somebody. And he was like, um, we think you need your own podcast. And I was like, yeah, funny. Ha ha. Maybe I'll look at podcast mics. Mm. And I was looking around and I don't know anything about it and stuff. And he messaged me on like a Tuesday and I was like, did you buy a mic yet? And I'm like, no. And he goes, good. I'm sending you one. It'll be there on Friday. Nice. Uh, okay. So I plugged it in and downloaded some software and started playing around and I've gotten for my first full episode, which I need to record. If not tonight, sometime this week, I'll get to it. Get the first one out. (laughs) All right. So Jackie's Corner is going to be essentially kind of a QA and a podcast from what I'm understanding. And it's going to be open for your guys's... um, guys and girls and anybody else um who has questions about car setup coaching uh just driving overall i mean we talked about a couple of ideas which i think are kind of interesting in terms of like even doing like a track breakdown of a certain track that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to because it's at nationals um but just like I don't know. I, I feel like it's uh, a really good idea to do that because oftentimes I know that like times that I've bugged you and someone bugs me about that same question, I can just point them to a podcast episode and they can listen and probably hear all the questions that are being asked that they have and they'll be able to find an answer for that. So, yeah. Yeah, the... The track breakdown is, is interesting because I've seen a few uh, like video style ones over the years, and I was always kind of intrigued because um, you could definitely gain some information even if you know the track and you've been there a bunch because everyone will kind of look at things differently, and you may see something, hear something, you know how you're, you're getting information that's different uh, than you were looking at something and go, oh, okay, next time I go there, I need to look at that and maybe approach this differently and you may gain something, gain some time. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like, I guess it's also like when you, when you're going to attract, that's uh, new to you. If instead of uh, expecting, trying to see what, what to expect on each corner, you have an idea of what to expect. Instead of just like, oh, I think this is going to be kind of a banked corn, and it's like, oh, no, not that banked. I'm going to be sliding off a little <laughs> bit here. So. Yep, exactly. And it's always those little, little nuanced things that you may not notice, especially if you've never been there, because it's such a sensory overload of mm-hmm. a new track. Um, and there's small things that you may not know. And I never walked Pit Race, so I can't get that detailed on it because yes we were talking about pit race um but there's other tracks that i've walked and went oh this is way different than i thought it was when i was driving it okay because you've driven um like uh, one of the tracks that i've always been really interested in and i think that um location wise is like stunning is um damn what's the name of it uh palmer there we go palmer yeah Palmer, I think, is an awesome-looking track, but I've seen some video, and I don't think the video does it justice with the elevation change and how scary it can be in terms of, like, sheer rock on the other side and, like, K-Rail on the other side. Yeah, it def- the video doesn't do it justice at all because when it was new, uh, I watched a video, like, just to kind of see which direction we went out of pit lane, you know? Mm-hmm. and I was like okay it kind of does this and that and because it was new it was like a physically a new track mm-hmm. when we went the first session they were like it's double yellow take any vehicle you want like tow vehicles like just to learn the layout mm-hmm. so we went out and like my pick up and I was like wow this is way different it, like, what the car? video is almost worthless my pickup truck oh okay yeah 
I remember like coming around a corner and it pushed a little and my friend was with me and he's like, so that's it. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's it. We're done. <laughs> like if I'm maxing out the truck, we're done. We need to go in. Whew. But you know who goes there a lot that could really give you good information about Palmer? Hmm. Brandy and Leland. Oh, to them, they go there a, a lot. lot. Okay. Okay. Huh. That might be cool. And if you watch any of their video from there, uh, they've driven it in both directions. I've only driven it clockwise. They mostly drive it clockwise, and it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, there there are certain tracks where the configuration is kind of fixed, but definitely being able to see, like, Buttonwillow is one that when they change the configuration, it's like it might as well not be the same track because all your little secrets and hints and stuff like that, um, it is just like throw it out the door because it's a different track. And there, there's uh, one part that I know that's really interesting. is called the uh, A section usually. And most people that attack it going clockwise versus counterclockwise, it's just like an understeer like perfect understeer uh corner it, it will catch you if you're not expecting it and yeah it's, if you can nail it you will creep up on anything with power or torque really easily on that corner so yeah mm. definitely going clockwise and counterclockwise does uh change things that's not yeah. gonna happen for a pit race right no i don't know if they run it in both directions so hmm. i know for championships it's going to be the normal uh clockwise configuration because that is the configuration you have the lap record in i do <laughs> i have to keep reminding people of that of why it's kind of like why i want you to uh do a track breakdown it's like well they they have the lap record that's like eh. i mean <laughs> Both of us have talked about. And I've said that it's going to fall, like it has to. Yeah. And now that's gotten so, like, kind of the norm that when people talk about it, they're like, oh, Jackie has the record, but that's going to get destroyed a champion. I'm like, wow, okay, that's aggressive. I mean, I, I expect it to go. Um you know, be, be changed because the rules have changed. And obviously like if you were to compete with right now, um, with the B16 setup that you were running previously with the, um, basically the type R or GSR setup that, um, seems to be favored by the rules, what have you, um, you would expect that, um, this has made, uh, changes in, in that sense. And like you've, mentioned uh before um torque is a significant factor at that track yeah yeah so i actually have the track record with my type r that was the last time that i drove it mm -hmm. and then i took it out and i sold it um and it was noticeably quicker than a b16 but yeah the rules have have progressed and evolved since then that was a long time ago mm -hmm. and even looking at the data, I found places where I think I could go quicker if I changed something. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like now I'm on a different damper, which has shown some insane pace. So oh, I can pick so, up time just with that part change. So, so the damper you're on, you, you went from like a buddy club to like a TN or like a Coney Race to like a... A BC racing, so something budget ra related, uh, budget uh, friendly. Uh, I, I I used to run buddy clubs. I still have them on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> I can see them from here. Um, that's what I started on. Um, but I mean, I used to be on a JRD two way, mm -hmm. um, like an RS, not a motorsports line one. Uh huh. Drove those for a long time, and then I recently sold those uh, at the beginning of last year, and now I'm on a Penske double. Man, it, it feels like um, it's going to be the Penske Wars uh, at Nationals. Given, Absolutely. Absolutely. Given uh, the fact that we have uh, 
Chris Michaels, um, freaking, well, you obviously are going to be out at Nationals and, and, um, Baker's on, uh, Penske's. We'll, we'll see, we'll see who else joins, uh, this, uh, weapons grade race that's going out there with those. But yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's, um, I don't know. I, I'm always struck. Um, I think it was, uh, Adam Jabay from grid life that was talking about like, his uh, fortune system and then he wrote on a crx with the uh, mcs's and how much he loved it and i mean i have mcs's on my silver civic my ace gen and i loved um the way they handled them those were still singles so those aren't even the mm -hmm. the good ones so now when you go up into you know the baller spec the penskis it's just like oh well you know uh that's that's a uh, weapons grade uh, suspension there for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I have the cheapest Penske that you can buy because. The well, most cost right, effective. Story. So I have 7,500 DA Penske, which is a non remote double. Okay. And it's something that me and Angelo from Anzai have been trying to get Penske to make for these cars, for the Golden Era cars, mm -hmm. forever because the price points pretty good it's not as expensive as people think it is okay and so really good like so secret time um what mm -hmm. is what's the damage if you're comfortable saying i believe they're under four thousand damper only i think they were 36 wow 3800 that's that's right now that's damper only so you need springs you need top hats that are out yeah but I mean, like that's not that bad, considering that that's kind of like yeah. what you could get. I think it's like three something is what I paid for my full set of uh, MCSs. But they're no Penske's. Penske's. Damn! If they did that, yeah. they would destroy the market. <laughs> so that was that's the reason why I'm on these mm -hmm. is to get so we could get some data on them because I work like pretty close with angelo on damper stuff mm -hmm. and um we want to get data on him like he called me he was like i want you on these before i sell anymore so we can get some data and see how good they really are because everyone mm -hmm. that had bought them put them on was like I, I went faster i haven't turned any knobs yet i don't know what's going on hmm. so um yeah i got a set and we threw a couple sets on a couple cars and everybody was pretty mind blown nice um, but, you know, I have customers with triples on the cars and two-way remotes, and they are better, for sure. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to literally ball on a budget, like, the 7500 DA is really, really good for the price point. Uh, that's interesting, because, you know, um, it, there there is a rule in Honda Challenge uh, for H4, and I know that we're talking about... Uh, Things that um, don't affect a majority of the Honda Challenge uh, group. That the MSRP for the coilovers have to be under um, under four grand in order to be used. And I'm like, wait, if those are the shocks only, if you buy those and you already can swap over like your Coney setup, maybe that's in the rules and you could run Penske's on the H4 and. I'm sure uh, anybody else who who's in H4 would uh, probably protest that. So yeah, why would they protest it? It's well within the rules. Oh. Springs are free, top hats are free. That's true. Are they better than Coney's? A million times better than Coney's. No, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> better than my uh, Facebook Marketplace Coney race? No. <laughs> Well, when was the last time you had those service? Well, look, so your podcast, right? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, I mean, if they're not blown, they're good. <laughs> if it's not leaking, it's still good. You just keep going. You just keep going. I don't even know mm -hmm. if there's anybody that does servicing actually for them over here that I could reach out to. I'm sure there is. Hmm. Or you could sell them and get Penske's. So when you do your H2 change over, you're, you're almost over there. The K in, you know? 
That is true. That is true. I mean, uh, I know I've talked about this with Khan and uh, pretty much anybody who listens to me and tells me that I need to see the light and move to H4. And I'm like, I'll go as soon as everybody else goes because I don't want to race by myself. I mean, that's always been the goal. Is And it's something that you're like kind of alluding to is that you want to race with people and have fun. And, you know, for me, yeah. I, I need to improve as a driver first and then start working on racecraft and stuff like that so i am i'm actually going to be doing um hopefully a a, a coaching session with carlos soon um so that i can go out there and uh drop my times a little bit because i'm still pretty slow so yeah nice i'm just surprised that people still run h4 because it's so hard to find parts See, the thing is, for the people here, is they already have the parts and they haven't been running. So, like, they haven't been running because there wasn't, like, there wasn't a lot of people running. So, they have already hoarded all of their parts and have it. And they're just working Mm -hmm. off of their own, like, stash. Um, Of course, once you start racing and pushing more... You're going to break your stash and you're going to run out. And then you're going to be like me on Facebook Marketplace, uh, meeting people in like Palmdale, Lancaster for uh, transmissions that nobody wants. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every time I see a single cab, I don't understand. What, it's a valve cover. It's like you can't even get one of those. not like it's a thing. Oh, uh, the valve cover. Which ones? Single cams? Yeah. It's not like the Valkyrie's break, but like, just an example. I don't know where I could even find a single cam Valkyrie. Damn. Is it that bad over in the Northeast uh, with cars that you can't find a junkyard with them? Just, I don't, I haven't physically seen a single cam in years. Wow. The last one I saw was like an ITC slash h4 car that somebody bought complete um and brought it to the glen they ran it with us Car was fast you know real real fast as an h4 car but it's like cool photo let's go where are you gonna get another one they're like oh we don't know (laughs) yeah no definitely struggling to find it i mean um with with talking with you and um knowing that i could still uh pull from the um 96 and 2000 Civic EXs um, that have the good gearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still find those in the junkyard. I mean, they're getting rarer and rarer. Um, EG transmissions, those are phew, those are getting super rare. Um, but not a lot of people are going to the junkyard and pulling the transmission. So for now, I, I have, you know... I have my spare, my working spare, and then the one that's going to be for parts because the shift forks are bent. Um, but aside from that, I have I have gears and stuff, so I'm excited to have spares. <laughs> for now. For now. Nice. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's right next to my K20A3 um, uh, that's kind of chilling there and Eventually, when um, the jump to H2 happens, I, I, I'm going to be collecting parts and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited about that. And then I can relive your days of uh, the Kill Me K-Swap. Um, so. oh, please don't. Don't, don't do that. No one should ever have to live that life. I mean, I just want to go through the story so I know what not to do. And then that way I cannot go through the Kill Me K-Swap. I mean, I thought that I did the right thing, mm-hmm. um, but I had one piece of information that I was not aware of, and that was really what confused me, because I bought everything out of a car that I, for as far as I knew, was running, or like an unfinished case, but from like a person that did them. And my friend bought the car and put all his stuff in it. And I was actually going to buy that car. So either way, I was going to have this nightmare. Mm -hmm. But um, the ECU was bad. 
and the vehicle speed sensor wiring was very wrong. Mm. And the two of those were what made the car not run for uh, six months or however long it was. So essentially what you're telling me is that make sure I have a good ECU or at least uh, if I get an ECU to make sure I, I take it to someone that can uh, test it. So this is what I tell everyone. You have two options. You can either buy a swapped car that's running and take everything out of it. Mm-hmm. That is no longer cost effective. It used to be. You used to be able to get like a K-swap streetcar for a decent amount of money. Yeah. And use most of it. I mean, you're going to put a limited slip and da da da. Um, but those cars are getting a little pricey these days. Um, mm-hmm. But now you can get, because there's so many K-Swap options for like BMWs and got it, this and that, um, you can get a K-Pro from Honda or mm-hmm. whoever you want to get it from, like brand new and it works, so you don't have to deal with that. And knowing what I know now about the engine wiring, you just buy a stock harness. Buy a stock RSX harness or a Type S harness if you're going to you know, use a, a type S motor mm-hmm. and just plug it in. Mine was modified because I thought I needed that. And then I found out that I didn't, but shout out to Darren. He figured it out in two days. <laughs> Damn Darren. Well, shout out to Darren and wait, is Darren yeah. a Honda challenge racer? Or? Oh yeah. Uh, he hasn't raced in a little while. He's got an EG, it's blue and yellow, kind of spoon color. Oh, okay. It's an H22 that he refuses to take out. <laughs> it's another car that's on Penske's. Damn, these Penske's. Um, but yeah, he reached out and was like, just put it in the trailer and bring it here, and I will fix it. I'm like, okay. I was done at that point. I was like, I light it on fire. I don't really care. So I brought it on there, and we towed it with the golf cart into the shop. And then he yeah. figured it out. By, he found that was like Saturday. By Sunday morning, he had it running. Yeah. And it, and it was the ECU was the issue along with the vehicle speed sensor. That's what was killing yeah. you. Huh. Well, two separate issues. So it wouldn't start because the ECU was bad and was not triggering the main relay. Mm-hmm. Main relay doesn't trigger. The fuel pump doesn't turn on. Mm-hmm. So we had like bypass that just to get it to work. And we're like, okay, cool. Which I kind of figured out. Um, I thought it was a ground issue, but then I couldn't get it to work and kind of gave up. Um, I thought it was in the harness, not in the ECU, actually. Um, the vehicle speed sensor thing, I would have never figured out. <laughs> he figured it out. We got weird voltage from some places and started unplugging things. And I don't remember what was happening at the time. But the vehicle speed sensor was plugged in, and he was, like, on the passenger side, like, checking something in the fuse box, and the vehicle speed sensor exploded. What? Half, How does that explode? About half where the plug is landed in the front of the car, and the rest of it was still in the transmission. I swear to God. And because we had, like, a test light in it checking for voltage, and I'm like, I'm like, did the test light explode? It's like, no, test light can't explode. And it was at that point that we went to bed. Like, we're done. We're going home. We'll finish this tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And I remember, like, looking it up. And, okay, there's two different vehicle speed sensor types. Oh, that's right. The short story is one has five volts that signal on this particular wire, and one is 12 volts. And mine is the 12-volt style that was wired incorrectly five volts been so long i don't remember but it was wired in a way that it looked like they were trying to use the other vehicle speed sensor but mm-hmm. even if that was the case it was still wired wrong mm-hmm. very strange so we just cut out everything that was not factory and put it back together and plugged in and started it up and drove it to trail. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that sounds like a nightmare wow yeah, there's like that weekend was insane. I'll tell you some other specifics <laughs> offline that the world doesn't need to know about. You're going to be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. You, or you could save that for your podcast. 
Yeah, this is stuff the world doesn't actually need to know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so, in terms of like what you're going to be doing in your podcast, what what are the type of questions you do want to get? What are like the type of I- ideas that you want to like help people with? Anything racing related, I really don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten a lot of people asking for a suspension 101 how-to kind of situation. I, I would love one. <laughs> right. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that in a way that's easily consumable. It's not too much information. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then there's been some other kind of spinoffs to that, right? Where people are asking, okay, out of all the golden era cars, which one's the best? Or of course, EGs. What are the differences? Yeah, EGs are the best. It depends on what you're doing. It's really <laughs> the question. Um, because there's some things that EGs aren't good at. But yeah, I, I haven't played, like someone asked about radius rod cards. I hate radius rod cards. They're just old. I had horrible experiences with them. I had good and bad. Um, but they were asking about the setup of, of those cars, and I'd have to find another notebook from those days. Wow. Um, but the setup can be a little bit different, but you know, kind of in the end, it starts the same. But yeah, it was some of the questions that people were asking. Um, some people wanted to hear from me stories that have been t- Old about me mm-hmm. that have gotten just embellished to all well they're like can you tell this story <laughs> about like a keg in your car and taking tires out of the garbage and uh, some other stuff I'm like i can tell that story correctly and actually like two people kind of wanted that one so all right um, so the keg odyssey is the title of that episode i'm guessing um, I'm trying to put my finger on the scale for that one, or the <laughs> keg chronicles, if you will, or the chronicles of the keg, and um, I, I will be listening to that for sure. Yeah, that's going to be a story time. It's, uh, oh my god, it's a I love it! Story. You, you should and have for that. People as... that were there that will remember it. It was it was a good time. It was a good weekend. That would be dope. I actually like the idea of, uh, you know, Q&A, and then uh, we move into story time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then I had some... Uh, you, you have some what? Questions of, like, oh. some people wanted, you know, kind of a one-on-one um, suspension questions about mm-hmm. setup or which parts to use or is this part good? You know, stuff like that. So uh, I'm trying to see if like, I'm going to cram all of that into one or do two. I was uh, writing some notes last night. We'll figure it out. I would very much, uh, appreciate like doing something related to like, you know, people who have a budget set up, like the IE Coney yellow setup and you know, like what to do, if your car is like understeering, if it's oversteering, where it's doing that, and how you could adjust the knobs uh, for that, um, mm-hmm. that that would be very helpful because I think like yes, there's a lot of people with the Penske's and uh, um, you know double adjustable, triple adjustable remote and whatnot, but you know for for us uh, living in the the plebes out there, um, you know some. Coney uh, uh, adjustment right there, or even you know, single single adjustment uh, people, you know, they might appreciate it. <laughs> hey, I mean, without diving into an entire podcast episode, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. I did a lot of work with a, a car on singles for a long time, mm-hmm. and the only reason we changed from a single to a triple is because we ran out of adjustability. And the person that was servicing that damper, like, we can get it where you want it, but you've revalved this damper a million times. Like, it's time to move to something better. But you can go a long way on whatever fits your budget. If you can't afford a Penske, don't put it on a credit card. But you can afford and maximize. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean... 
like you were saying uh, previously, one, one thing that I do want to steal from you is um, in terms of shock uh, maintenance, how often do you recommend um, a shock get uh, replaced? Obviously, it is going to be more on uh, usage instead of time um, because obviously usage in, in terms of track days are, are going to be more of a uh, where than or more of a marker than um time would be because you know if it's over the winter break that really doesn't count but yeah sure um you're generally want to service your dampers once a season i'm terrible at this okay. and angela will tell you jackie's really bad at sending me back her stop um and, and, and we broken on land Angel, can you fix this and get it to me yesterday? Say, um, and a- Angelo is uh, them yearly. It doesn't mean that something necessarily wrong with it. Okay. Oh, maybe we got some weird feedback. Anyway, um, yeah. So you want to service them yearly? That's kind of when most people are going to want to see them. Um, you can stretch it out as long as you want people do that um but if you have like a really big off let's say Mm. you might want to send them in if you're really finicky about your dampers if you don't care you don't care but if you're finicky about your dampers you have like a really big off maybe you bottom one out or something you may want to pull them off and send them out to get at least looked at Mm -hmm. if there's nothing wrong with it it's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks you get it back um but we've seen some stuff where like people have had some off-road excursions and the damper's fine, and when it finally gets to whoever's servicing it, the shim wavy, or it's broken, and there's a piece missing out of it, stuff like that. So wow, yeah, and I want to stay on top of that stuff. And when you say Angelo, you're talking about Anz- Anzi uh, suspension, Anzi. yeah, yep. okay, yep. I so. Mean, your shock person is like your barber. You find the person who you feel comfortable with. I use Angelo because I met him. He used to live up here, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's who I'm comfortable with. But everybody finds their person and they use, you know, this MCS person or another shock builder that does their own kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. And does Angelo do uh, conies? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. As long as we get parts for it. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Yeah, like some of the stuff like Coney to make parts for, or it's hard to get parts for. So, you know, for anybody that's trying to get anything done, I would call, you know, if you have someone in mind, give them a call just to see what the turnaround time is. Cause this time of year is really bad because everybody's yeah. trying to get ready for the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you've got like a Coney or something weird or something old, whoever you want to service it, call them and see. You know, if they have the parts to service it. Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah. Because, uh, I mean, like, I, I know that if you uh, maximize the potential of whatever you have, even if it's a Coney like me, um, you, you know, if you can extrapolate all the performance out of it, it's still going to be better than, um, you know, something that may be a little bit more expensive, but you're not doing um uh, the servicing and you're not doing like the maintenance for it is definitely a, a point where you can uh definitely in- increase uh your i guess output of that product absolutely absolutely also if you have you know a two-way a three-way a four-way a five-way and you don't know how to use it you might get lucky and leave all the knobs in one spot where it's okay, but you just wasted a bunch of money mm-hmm. or you make it work. So, you know, yes, a triple is available and it doesn't mean that you need it. If you don't know how a triple functions, don't bother unless you want to learn it. You know? Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you can't just set it all to medium and then be like, yeah, that should be fine. <laughs> I mean, you can <laughs> I mean, you could get like an 8,300 or 8,500 Penske triple mm-hmm. and literally put everything in the middle and go out and you're like, that's great. Because the damper's good, but are you getting all of it? Mm. Did you waste a whole bunch of money if you're not getting all of it? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. And that's kind of what I found with a bunch of people that I've worked with on dampers is, you know, they're having an issue with the car or whatever the case we're doing coaching. Oh, I only have this damper. I don't care. Like, let's go maximize what you have and see what we can do. So a couple of occasions we've just run out of damper. Huh? So since you've played around with a lot of dampers out there, obviously, um, you know, I had on, um, what was it? Um, Redshift, who's now standard um, suspension. Um, and he told me his um, experience with uh, dyno testing a bunch of dampers. And I know that you've uh, played around with dampers in the past. Has there been one that you've seen that has been surprising for the price point? Obviously yep. excluding uh, Redshift, because we already know he, he does good work. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fields surprised me a really? lot like better than a coney um oh yeah oh yeah <gasps> by a lot what oh hot takes hot yeah, takes so yeah so there's a point there where they start to get really high end and they use a penske canister and it's like cool but it's still not a penske um mm. but their service is really really good I think Odie, Ryan Odie, does the service over there and, and kind of sets things up for people. And, mm -hmm. like, the service is good. Their turnaround time was good. Um, the dyno on the, like, how the damper was functioning in the dyno chart was really surprising. Um, I got my hands on one, you know, working on one of the cars that I play around with. Mm -hmm. and was really surprised really really surprised and like the single like the best single that they have is not, not crazy expensive yeah because i i look at them as uh and again not a dig on any manufacturer out there you know they're all uh trying to sell what they believe is a, a good product uh for um the market that they have but and what I saw them was like, you know, along the lines of like the fortune, the, uh, BC racing, like, you know, your, your typical entry level coilover where a majority of the people are going to be street driving it, uh, more than anything. But, you know, the, the idea right. of like, you know, something that was going to be valving similar to like a Coney yellow is what I was expecting, uh, with, most of those uh coilovers because i mean for like twelve hundred dollars or whatever you can't really expect too much out of a coilover uh dampener but <laughs> yeah because i mean like yeah so they have a few like lower mm -hmm. end i don't want to say lower end but in like the single adjustable yeah kind of budget range i think they have more than one um i'd have to go look again and see like what their full kind of spread is mm -hmm. but the the other thing is i don't want to get too specific give away all my secrets but um you can revolve them however you need them oh. so like we were running into some issues on a particular circuit in the dam or not track circuit um and we would just send them back okay i need this and they would do it okay i can get it as close as i can edit to that cool and then make changes and do a bunch of stuff on the car and kind of max things out. It's like, okay, we need the range to be in the middle instead of being like maxed out where we're at. But like the general valving is good. Okay. And they would get it as close as they could. And, you know, every time we got it back and put them on the car, I was like, all right, yep, that's what we were looking for. But we just kind of got to the end where it was just, I needed at least a two way to sort that car out and we didn't have it. Mm. So what would you want to say two way or three way? Mm -hmm. What's that? Uh, so would you feel comfortable in saying what car this was on? Because I know you work on more than just front wheel drive cars. Yeah, this was on S2000. Everyone oh. will know okay. what S2000 it was. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, huh? Cool. Interesting. Again, um, you know, because there are people out there with uh, budgets that aren't going to be able to ball out on a Penske, but 
you know, short of like a Coney race, um, that's going to be able to handle the higher spring rates that most Honda Challenge um, cars or people running our comps are are using. Um, you know, that that's good to know. That's an uh, interesting uh, thing that I obviously didn't know. So, cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Coney world is kind of dying off. You know, that whole Coney Ground Control thing. It's still there, but it's just not what it was. That technology is still what it was. And things have evolved since then. Yeah. So you've got a handful of very budget friendly dampers that are better than the Coney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the red chips are good. Fields are good. I don't have any experience with them yet, but the fortunes people seem to love them. So mm-hmm. they're probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really just comes down to your budget and your knowledge. You buy the best damper you can afford. Exactly. Unless you can afford a five way. If you don't know how to use it, please don't buy five way. <laughs> if you want to spend $12,000 a corner, you're more than willing to do so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. Five way. I, I, I was hearing like a, uh, interview with uh jeff braun i think it was um that he was talking about uh five-way adjustable uh dampeners and i was like wait what what are you talking about it's like yeah the, you, you can dampen um the amount of arrow force on the and i'm like okay we're done here i i would struggle with the uh, two ways and now we're talking about five ways i'm like okay <laughs> goodbye <laughs> was that the Inner with Racers interview with Jeff Braun. Yeah, and then I think he brought it up on uh, No Dumb Questions with, uh, what was it? Um, uh, I'm forgetting it. Uh, Ross Bentley. There we go. He, he mentioned okay. that on one yeah. of those episodes about his five-way uh, adjustable damping. Yeah, he's one of my favorite. Yeah, he's, yeah there's a Nerders too, which is that thing that I still don't understand. But they're generally not. Alone. But he's one of my favorite race engineers, like down to the point where, like, he built his house like I want my house, which is just a garage with an apartment in it. Oh yeah, the, I saw the video from Dinner with Racers where where they got over there, and I think uh, driving over there, they they found like uh, some dead animal on the post or something. That are like, I don't know if this is supposed to be a, a sign or something, but yeah, like his yep. house was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's in the middle of Texas. They built a go-kart track in the back. Mm-hmm. And the kids were young and karting. Yeah, it's. I saw that video and I was like, all right, Jeff, so when you move out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. But so yeah, I, I racing engineers because it just yeah. thinks so far out of the box. Yeah. I, well, I mean, they, they constantly have to improve with a certain parameter, so... You know, they, they're constantly looking for that edge to be competitive. So, yeah, it, it makes sense that they think out of the box. You know, actually, since you're mentioning compounds like that, my buddy just bought a place over in uh, Oregon. It's 15 acres. He has, um, I I want to call it a five-car garage because it's a two-car uh, two garages, but, like, the spacing in between them is so huge. And he has like a trailer house uh, out there. It's all nice. I'll send you some some pictures of like the Zillow uh, posting. But yeah, he just picked it up, and I, I'm so excited for him. So when you talked about the Jeff Braun thing, like I think they have even an orchard there or something like a winery. I, I don't know, but it's like a lot of acres right next to BLM. So it's like nice. Like, you have a lot of land. Like, a ridiculous amount of land. So, yeah. And it wasn't ridiculously priced. I think he paid, like, somewhere like 700k for that. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's like... Yeah. That's what's going for right now. (laughs) Yeah, again, I'm I'm in a condo in SoCal. The price, uh, like... Some of the ones that we've been seeing uh, sell are selling for like four thirty, and I'm just like, why? What is going on here? You guys are yeah. out of your freaking minds! Like this should not be more than like a two hundred k house, and why are you doing this? Like, I I wish I could get this at two hundred k, but it's ridiculous. But you know, 
We are where we are as we talk about four thousand dollars. <laughs> we live in. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well. Uh, yeah. Well, Jackie. Um, honestly, anybody who really feels like they heard a topic uh, being brought up that feels like, damn, I wish I could have asked a little bit more about that, or I wish they went more into details. You have Jackie's corner coming up, and if you have any questions, I'm sure you can go ahead and uh, DM her to her um, Lowbook uh, Motorsports on Instagram. Yeah, that's the easiest way for now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably start an email specifically for it. Mm-hmm. If it seems to catch on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, LO underscore BUK underscore Motorsports on Instagram. Shoot me a message there. Yeah, and uh, of course you're just barely starting so please be patient and then um i'm looking forward to seeing uh you know the story time about the keg and then uh seeing like a interesting structure that you're gonna have q a story time and then uh track breakdowns i love it i love it <laughs> i'm excited for it too never thought that i would do this but here we are <laughs> yeah and i i I sure, I'm sure that I don't speak for just myself, but I am so happy to see, you know, the evolution of who you are as a person. And I am so excited that, you know, you are now at a point where you want to and feel comfortable enough to express yourself in this new format. And looks like I got another podcast I'm going to be listening to. <laughs> Somebody cutting onions in here? Oh, nah, nah. You know, uh, I I always remember that, like, um, I forgot who it was that uh, told me, but those that treat you well, treat them uh, better. And that's definitely somebody that, that that definitely, like, rings to me what people like you and, you know, others who have helped me out when, you know, like, my car was handling, like, dog shit and i was doing 360s on my first race to now where it's like it's not i have a transmission with a 4.9 and a proper diff in it and it's came together because of help of uh, people who just i don't know if they pitied me enough um or really saw something in in me uh to be worth helping and you know you're one of those people who have helped me out um in terms of figuring out settings wise I know I've sent you pictures of even my, like, lower control arm angles, and you're like, eh, that's a little too low. But, you know, um, I, I appreciate um, all the help that I get from everybody. So, yeah. I think I'm, I'm growing into my, hey, I don't have any kids, but auntie-grandma phase now, where I just want to help all of my children. So, like, let's have story time so they can all learn awesome and i know i know you uh have said it before and even in your podcast intro which i've listened to a couple times already um that you don't know everything but i feel like you do know enough uh that you can help people through their own questions and their own uh, thought processes that they're uh struggling with so i'm excited for that and i will be sending questions Definitely, definitely. Any other part of that, just to be quick, is, you know, question that I don't know the answer to, I get to learn something also, because I'll research it, you know, to try to learn about it. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know the answer to the question, I'm sure you have the tools in front of you that you could probably figure it out. Um, But yeah, dude, like, this this is so so exciting and i'm so happy for you and again you know you're one of the first guests that i got on here and this really helped me out so i'm going to promote your uh podcast as much as i can and promote you as an individual because you're uh definitely somebody who i'm really looking forward to meeting in person at nationals so yeah thank you All right. I I think with that, we have a podcast and, uh, you know, be on the lookout for uh, 
Jackie's Corner for when she drops her first episode. I know I will be. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, make sure to reach out to her on uh, her Instagram page. And, uh, yeah, with that, I think uh, I think we're good. Jackie, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time. And I'll be subscribed and uh, ready to listen to all of the stories and the story times about the kegs. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome thanks for having me again and like comment subscribe awesome awesome uh, and with that um, I'll see you guys next month thank you mm-hmm.